Hello, Daryl here to explain what you're about to listen to. For the past few months, Taylor and I have been working with Joe Lowry and Jordan Angeli to produce a new show about Major League Soccer. It's called MLS Assist and you're about to hear the introductory episode. Joe writes MLS tactical analysis for The Athletic and has been a frequent and brilliant guest on TSS. Jordan is a former pro player who knows the game inside out and is a natural behind the mic and in front of the camera. I'll leave it to Joe and Jordan to tell you more about who they are and to explain exactly what MLS Assist is all about. The very short version is that it's analysis of Major League Soccer games, players and tactics from expert eyes. Taylor and I are very much involved in the show and might make the occasional appearance, but will mostly be behind the scenes, helping the two Jays make this the very best MLS show it can possibly be. We're excited about it because we think MLS Assist is going to bring real value to listeners. To begin with, you'll find the show appearing here in the Total Soccer Show podcast feed, giving Taylor and I an assist with our MLS coverage. See what we did there? Once MLS Assist is nice and established, the plan is to launch the show in its own feed. But for right now, you don't need to do anything except keep listening and send us your feedback about the show. Before we begin, today's episode is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options and ETFs right from your phone. You can spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon and Tesla for as little as $1. No commission fees, no account minimums. So join the 10 million Robinhood users. Get started with a free stock by going to totalsoccer.robinhood.com. That's totalsoccer.robinhood.com. And remember, all investments involve risk. This is not investment advice, a recommendation or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank, but MLS Assist is a new podcast. So take a listen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of MLS Assist, a podcast created to help make sense of the tactical side of Major League Soccer. I'm your host, Joe Lowry, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jordan Angeli. Jordan, what's going on in your world? Oh, I am just currently in Florida living the life calling women's Olympic qualifications for CONCACAF. So all is good here. The sun is shining. Yeah, you've had a couple of really incredible calls that I've been seeing float around on Twitter this week with a record, a new record goal score in international women's soccer. That's that's amazing. Oh, my gosh. I just can't believe that I had the honor to do that. And go Christine Sinclair. She has 185 international goals like that is ridiculous. Incredible. It's it's astounding. And Jordan, for the two of us getting started here with our very first episode of MLS Assist, today's episode is going to be a little bit shorter because it is an introductory episode, but we're still we're still going to jam-pack it full of information. Jordan and I are going to provide some background information on who we are and what MLS Assist is going to be about, and then we'll get into the actual meat of today's show, a detailed analysis of new Inter-Miami head coach Diego Alonso. 
So, so I'm going to, no, I'm going to get you to go first, Joe. Oh, ooh, I'm all right. Pop in. All right. So I'm going to go and tell you guys a little bit about myself. So my name, as I said in the intro is Joe Lowry and I write about tactics for the athletic. So I've been doing that for about a year and a half now. George Krejci was, was kind enough to bring me on to the team as a contributor. And, and I've really been enjoying getting to analyze the game in more of a strategic perspective. And that's, and that's something that you have done as well, Jordan, with some of your background and, and what you do now as well. Absolutely. And I met Joe because I read one of his athletic articles about the Colorado Rapids and what they were doing tactically. And I was like, hmm, this guy has got something to say and I like it. But I'm Jordan Angeli and I am a Colorado native. I work now in MLS and WSL in various capacities and other different leagues. And I am a former professional soccer player. I grew up playing in the... I played for the under 20 women's national team and got to participate in a world cup in Russia back in 2006. And I had a little stint with the women's national team before I unfortunately suffered my third ACL injury. And, um, that was a bummer. But what the cool thing was is I got to play in WPS and I got to play in NWSL. And both of those experiences really allowed me to not only see the game on the field and live out tactics, but also through my injuries and, I got to live and see what it was like off the field. So uh, really cool now that I get to use all those experiences and talk about the game and talk about tactics and break down games as an analyst and uh, play by play. And that's that's exactly I was going to add to that. You have this unique perspective, something that that I definitely don't have of having played on the field and now translating that knowledge into more of an analytical, tactical, observant role. And I think that's something that's so unique to find a former professional who does that really, really well. And Jordan, just from having seen your work and I've talked to you many times, I know for a fact that you do that very, very well. Well, I appreciate that, Joe. But I also think that one of the cool things I love about the job that I get to do is that it makes me feel like I'm still playing the game uh, in the sense that you're learning every single day. You're always learning. You're always trying to grab different ideas from different people. And uh, one of the things that I love is breaking down games and trying to learn about different tactics from different styles of play, whether it be in coaches styles or from different leagues. So uh, really excited to see how that has kind of all meshed together here in MLS. And that's that's a perfect segue here to what we're going to be talking about on, on today's show. Our show here at MLS Assist is going to do exactly what Jordan said. We're going to try to take tactical information and, and share that with you guys. And, and Jordan and I are going to have conversations about that ourselves. And we're going to let you folks listen in on that. We want it to be interactive. We're going to have listener questions. We're going to go through some of the tactical trends and, and coaches and players and analyze different games in MLS this season, maybe some CONCACAF Champions League as well. So we're just excited, Jordan and I especially, to have this dialogue. And, and hopefully you guys will learn a little bit and we'll learn from you guys as well. Totally. And one of the reasons why we called it MLS Assist is we feel like we are assisting the listeners to this insight tactically. But we, we know that an assist is not just a one way road, right? Like sometimes you get an assist from somebody else. Maybe it's a listener giving us some insight into a game that they will listen to or Joe's assisting me. And I think that's one of the cool things about this and one of the funky things about it too, right? Because we love this MLS second assist rule. Aren't you obsessed with it? Oh yeah. It's, it's definitely one of the most unique things about the league. And I'm, I'm really stoked, honestly, that we could fit it into our name on here on our podcast. 
Yeah, so we're taking this idea of the second assist and how in MLS, if you provide an assist to the assist and it's a you know a, a noteworthy pass, something that is key in the buildup, that you yourself get an assist. And uh, it's just something that we don't see in any other league. And it's one of those funky things that we get to see in MLS. And as a former central midfielder and a player <laughs> that didn't always get the assist... <laughs> I appreciate this. I appreciate that uh, you get the second assist, too, here in MLS. And and that secondary assist rule might not be something that Diego Alonso is too bothered by in his introduction to Major League Soccer this season. But he is coming into the league. He is going to have to make some adjustments. Jordan, let's talk about Diego Alonso. Who who is this guy? Well, I I think what's really interesting is Diego Alonso has had experience with... uh, a variety of teams. And one of the things I like about him, and I don't know if you've noticed this too, Joe, but when he was coaching Monterey, there was so many switches in the way that they, they looked like they were uh, lining up. And I, I use air quotes with that because the way you, even, even though you guys can't up, see it, she's using air yeah, quotes. <laughs> I'm using air quotes. Uh, the way you tactically line up doesn't always show when you're in the middle of a game, right? There's changing of lines all the time. A a midfielder could break the back line and look more like a forward on the forward line. So there was so much fluidity in the way that his team in Monterey played. But what I was really focused in on is how he utilized the outside backs. And I'm interested to see if this translates into MLS is the outside backs really play this role where they didn't look like they were really in a four back all the time, even though as a team, they were structurally lined up in a four back. What happened with the outside backs is they would push higher up the field, but then also a lot of the time takes the inside seam. And this is something that I actually saw last year a lot with LAFC. I don't know if you remember this, Joe. We actually talked about this on TSS. Oh, yeah, I do remember this. Yeah, keep going. And Tristan Blackman was an outside back who played this internal role in this inside seam. And it was really confusing for teams to try to defend. So I, I saw that a lot with Monterey and the, their use of their outside backs. So not only does that inside seam allow the players on the wing, your wingers, to have some more space coming back to get the ball and then attacking with some pace or build be, being more of a playmaker on the outside uh, channels, but it also allows more numbers in the midfield. So when you are throwing all those numbers forward and you're trying to attack with a lot of speed and aggression, when things break down, there's more numbers to try to deny the counterattack. And what happens with counterattacks is a lot of the times you want to switch the point of attack, right? And find the space where the t- other team isn't. So those numbers in the midfield really helped with that. So I loved that. I, I thought that was really interesting in the way that he was playing. Yeah, that fullback focus, I think, was something we saw. I watched some of his tenure at Pachuca, which was a little bit earlier than than when he was in Monterey down in Liga Mekis. At Pachuca, he also had that focus on, on fullbacks getting high and, and creating wide overloads, maybe with more of a possession style there than for much of his early tenure with Monterey. But that, that theme definitely applies in, in both of those instances. And I think that's something we can look to see how he's going to try or going to attempt to transfer into this Inter-Miami roster. Well, one of the things when you say that is they're two totally different teams, right? When we watch these two teams play, it was a different style of play, I would say. When we watch Pachuca and Monterey. Yes, that they looked different. And that was really personnel based. And I think this is where it's going to be interesting to see when you come in just what, a couple months before your first game, how much of the way that you want to play is 
indicative of your particular style if you're Diego Alonso and how much of it is indicative of the the team that's already there and that's been chosen almost you know we don't know but maybe chosen for you in some ways yeah that's a great point you look at some of these fullbacks that he has at his disposal and some of them are are well-known ish major league soccer names you look at aj de la garza Alvis Powell, Ben Sweat are probably the three most well-known players. And then recently drafted Dylan Nealis in the, the Super Draft. These guys, they have a couple more fullbacks on the roster as well. But but their core of fullbacks maybe aren't the strongest looking around Major League Soccer. So I think it's fair, Jordan, to raise a question about whether he actually has the personnel to execute that fullback tactic. Maybe he really wants to, but maybe maybe and, and maybe and it does fit, but maybe it also doesn't fit. That's something that we're going to have yeah. to watch for in preseason and as the season starts. So maybe it's just shifted. Maybe it's just the right outside back has a little bit more freedom to do that and has the ability to go forward with more, you know, free will. Whereas opposed to if you don't have it on both sides, then you can just leave your, your left back in a little bit more of a safer spot. But what, so it could be shifted, right? A little tilted. The field could be tilted one way or the other, depending on how he wants to use the outside backs and really what those outside backs show here in preseason. But one of the things that I mentioned to you and I think is important to to talk to everybody about is when you send both outside backs forward the way that Alonzo did with Monterey, you have to have a six. Absolutely. You have to have a true and true six. And the six on this roster is is Victor Uyoa, right? This is the one that you look at right away and say, okay, he's he's a holding midfielder. With that kind of emphasis going forward, and if maybe that's a tactic that Diego Alonso wants to have, do you feel like Uyoa is that person that can sit in and um, sometimes become a third center back or just hold? Have the honestly have the ability to just sit and hold when you want to join the attack because you can't really all <laughs> it's, the time. A, it's a discipline thing, right? Discipline. And I think, I think Oyoa is capable of that, but I don't know that he has the high level of quality that Alonso might, might want from that position. And so to kind of making a larger point about Inter Miami's roster right now, I think they'll probably be making a move for someone at that position. Even if they're in a 4-2-3-1 with two defensive midfielders, I think having someone to pair with Uyoa is, is probably high up on Diego Alonso's priority list. Um, but yeah, just in general, this roster is in a state of flux. And that's not something, especially with this Monterey tenure, when you had Funes Mori and Rodolfo Pizarro and Miguel Layun, these kind of big, well-known names, some of which are currently being linked to Major League Soccer. He had a real squad. Dun, dun, he, had a, he, had a, he had a lot of talent to work with. And here in Miami, this roster is, is still in a real state of flux. Hey, this is producer Daryl cutting in with some breaking news. Looks like that number six is going to be Will Trapp. Right now, Paul Tenorio of The Athletic is reporting that Will Trapp has been traded from Columbus Crew to into Miami for an initial $100,000 in allocation money plus an international roster spot and possibly another $200,000 in allocation money if certain performance triggers are met. So there you have it, Will Trap from Columbus Crew to Inter Miami, very likely to be Diego Alonso's number six. Yeah, and it wouldn't. I, I don't think I would say it's an not a talented roster. I think we're just, you know, everybody's at this state where we look at Miami and we say we don't know, right? Yeah, we, we just don't we know don't. how all the pieces, the puzzle pieces, are going to fit together. 
and that that'll be something really truly interesting to monitor whether he whether Alonso decides to go with more of the intense direct style that he played at Monterey, you know, pushing those fullbacks forward high early and often combining uh, having, you know, a, a high striker and then someone creative maybe dropping in a little bit underneath, whether we see more of that direct almost like not red bullion. Uh, I don't want to have Jesse Marsh, you know, come in and be mad at us because Alonso's style at Monterey was more aggressive, especially at the beginning part of his tenure, more offensively focused, I think. Um, but I think we could see bits and pieces of that for MLS this season, or we could see him take a little bit more of a reserved, slower approach at, at times like he did with Pachuca and then at the end, the very end of his Monterey tenure. I don't know. I, I just don't see him being reserved. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, we, we will see. I, I, one of the things you mentioned right there, though, that I do see, though, is that idea if they're playing with two front runners or even just a solo front runner, that it would be a player. And maybe this is some somewhere where they can use Matias Pellegrini as that playmaker because he's Pellegrini is a player that can play centrally, but he can also play wide. So give him the freedom to sit as a 10 or a false nine and really eat up that pocket of space that is going to be in between the lines, the midfield and the defense line for the opposite team. And I think the more freedom they're able to give him with a defensive structure that makes them feel comfortable absorbing some pressure, the the better Pellegrini will be able to uh, really fit in right away and make that, that adjustment in MLS. And Pellegrini is currently the only designated player on Miami's roster, at least as of recording. I think you and I would both expect them to make a move for a player or two that will that will play a big impact for Diego Alonso in this first season mm-hmm. as yeah. as the actual regular season approaches. Absolutely. And they're making moves. I just drove by the stadium seeing all the cranes getting everything going up, up, up at Inter Miami there just outside of actually outside of Fort Lauderdale is where the, the stadium is. But I got to say, I love the pink. <laughs> it's nice, right? Kit. It's nice. I want an all pink kit. I'm, I'm I'm here for it. Let's let's call all our right? people. See if we can get it done. Okay, <laughs> Jordan. I'll just go knock. On, I'll just go knock on the stadium door. <laughs> there yet, but I think yeah, you should do nice that. Though. Do it for all of us. <laughs> Jordan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me for this very first episode of MLS Assist. I definitely look forward to digging into more tactics with you and and getting just more time to talk to one another and talk to our listeners as the season progresses. Oh, gosh, we're going to have so much fun, Joe, and we're excited to get to know you, all of you and hear from you guys about what you think as well so we can uh, get an assist from you maybe to then assist others. So it'll be fun. Amen, Jordan. Amen. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Check back soon for another episode of MLS Assist. 